Hi, welcome to the Acts Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. When I read the Bible, you know, I, I desire for it to come alive. Not just in your lives, but in my life. And the longer I live in this country, and the longer, the more I get to know this nation and to know my neighbours, and I realise that, you know, this nation needs Jesus. But more than just Jesus on paper, it needs to experience God again. You know, because when you think of the UK, this is the land of, of academics. So many universities are here. Some of the top universities and top researchers are all based here. So when you think of the UK, you think of, wow, you know, smart people. Maybe you immediately think of an old white man with a monocle, you know, being very smart and all that. And, and this nation definitely has a lot of knowledge. But I feel that people have missed out on the experience of God. How many know that Jesus didn't just preach, but He showed, you know, heaven on earth? You know what I'm saying? Jesus didn't preach about healing, He healed. Jesus didn't preach about casting out demons, He cast out demons. Jesus didn't preach about, you know, making the, the lepers clean, He just made them clean. He just, Jesus didn't preach about resurrection, He revived the dead. And so, the more I think about it, I go like, God, I, I want to I, I wanna live that out. I sincerely believe that the days of miracles is still with us and among us and it's not past us. And I want to pray that God, that you would use me and use our church to be a revival of the Holy Spirit upon this nation. You know, when you look at the UK, there are a lot of beautiful churches, you know, and it's known for some beautiful churches, St. Paul's Cathedral, you know, Westminster Abbey. It, but it's unfortunate that when we think of some of these locations, we only think of who got married here. Which, which, which princess was it? You know, is it this one, that one? Or if it's not this one, it's that one. But, but when people think of church, you'll be thinking about, no, this is the house of the living God. No, not a place for celebrities to be married. Nothing wrong with celebrities marrying in church. Get married in church is a blessing. But, but I'm saying that God, you place us here. And I want to be playing a role of reviving the move of the Holy Spirit in this nation. And that's my heart's cry. And that's what I've been praying and fasting for. And that's why even with one more week to go, I'm thinking of actually upping the, 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 the fast so that I can experience more of God. I want to go deeper. I want to be more sensitive to Him. You know, I want to be able to speak words and be like Jesus and, and set people free. You know, I want to, I, I really believe, no, that God's not racist. God didn't keep the, oh, the miracles, it's just for, you know, my chosen people, the Israelites. No, 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 I, I believe that God is using, you know, the book of Acts. And you know, God used Peter to show that, hey, you know, education background doesn't matter, I can still use you. You know, God's using, you know, P, you know Peter to preach, you know, a person who didn't go to uh, school. You know, the God, Bible scholars uh, 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 agree many times that the book of Mark, you know, the shortest gospel, the most action-packed gospel, you know, the one that has most miracles was most likely from the account of Peter, but it was Mark who wrote down the account of Peter because maybe Peter didn't know how to write. You know, and, and you say that it's most likely Peter because it's very like Peter. You know, Peter wasn't very like, oh, oh, you know, what deep stuff. He's always like, oh, Jesus, well, you did that. He's a man of action, right? You know, oh, Jesus, go, okay, let me, ask, me, ask me what on water. You know, oh, Jesus, oh, 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 let me wash my whole body. Don't just wash my feet. Oh, Jesus, what? The person give you a, a funny look, okay, oh, chop off the ear. Uh, don't chop off the ear, okay, sorry. You know, and so, so, so the book of Mark is, 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 is you know, and, and, and Peter, it was Peter, and, and God's saying that, look, 
your education, I'm not looking at your education background when I'm thinking of using you. I'm not looking at your skin color. Sometimes we think that, you know, oh no, uh -huh, I'm just Asian. No, 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 no. God can use anyone. Amen. And so as I begin to, to, to hunger and pray for this, you know, God begin to develop this message within me. And I pray that this message will speak to you just as how it's speaking to me. You know, I have not achieved, but this message is something that I'm desiring to live out. So if you're taking down notes, the title of today's message is called Good Vessel. Good Vessel. Amen. Otherwise known as three requirements to be used by God. We're in this series of, of rediscovering prayer and fasting and what it does. And we talk about how real fasting that pleases God is able to tear down the strongholds in our lives. And not only is it able to tear down, but install the right attitudes in our life. But how many know that when you renovate, you don't renovate for fun, you renovate so that you can stay there and enjoy there. You know, those of you who, your parents have renovated your house, you actually enjoy and staying there, living there. Some of you, you know, until your parents renovated, you didn't have this thing called a TV room. But once you have it, you're there every day. You know, and didn't have a study room. But once you have it, you're there sometimes. Uh, and, and you didn't have your own bedroom. Or maybe your bedroom before renovation didn't have its own bathroom. You had to share with your siblings and you always fight. But now after renovation, you enjoy your bedroom more. You know, renovation always leads to dwelling. It enhances the dwelling. And so as we fast and pray, it's almost like a spiritual renovation is happening in our hearts. For what purpose? To make us look more self-righteous? No, 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 no. So that God can dwell in us. And what's the purpose of God dwelling in us? So that He can use us. So that we can His vessels. So that we can carry the anointing. And I want us to be a church that carries God's anointing. You know, would it be amazing? Can you, can you imagine that, that, that when you go to work and then your, 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 your friends are talking about, you know, all the things they're going through and, and God is able to use you and just like that, because you carry God's anointing, you're able to release words of life just like that. You know, do you know that, that Jesus was, was, you know, pretty straightforward? You know, when, when He cast out demons, never go like, you know, by the power vested in me since the creation of time, these hands have set oceans apart, will now cast you out, 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 out. No, He just says, get out. Just, just, how, how did Jesus come the storm? Oh, storm, do you not know your maker? The one who made you from molecules of water. Now I speak to you, storm. No, no, it just says, storm, be still. And sometimes we think that, oh, my friend's going through all this stuff, right? Well, how, 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 no, how, how do I approach the issue? And maybe the solution is to be filled so much with God's anointing that the moment you say, hey, don't be afraid, your friend just stops being afraid. And you just go like, oh, I, well, actually, you're right. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Because we have some friends, oh, I'm so afraid, I'm so afraid, I'm so afraid. And then you come, you spend half an hour calming them down and it still doesn't work. But then maybe God is saying that, yeah, you've been doing it by your own strength, but if you will be a church that's filled by my presence, my anointing, you just need to say, peace, be still, still. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Be set free, be set free. Oh, I can't pay this bill. Increase in Jesus' name. Oh, I just got money in my bank account. Uh, a lot of us could be thinking, oh, pastor, that's, but I, I really believe this is, this, because the thing is this, the Bible had crazier things. Do you know that the, the early apostles, their shadows could heal people? 
people knew about that and line them up so that the shadows would hit them and then the, 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 those who are crippled will suddenly start walking again. Do you know that the Bible actually records how handkerchief touched by Paul, prayed on, could be given out and when the handkerchief laid on people, they were made whole. So if you think, oh, pastor, you're, you know, that's so exaggerated. No, 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 you're being extra. No, no, no. No, the Bible is even more extra, extra real, extra powerful. And, and this is my desire, this is my hunger. This is what your pastor is fasting and praying for. And I pray that this will inspire you to hunger for this too. Amen? So three things we need to consider, three things we need to focus on, three requirements for God to make us good vessels. I'm going to give you the points in advance and then I'm going to elaborate them. The three points are this, purity, power, and purpose. I'm going to say it one more time. Purity, power, and purpose. How, do you be, how, how can you be used by God as a good vessel? Point number one, purity. Let's turn to some scripture, shall we? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to 21. 2 Timothy chapter 2, Verse 20 to 21. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Okay, don't worry. Good, good, good. Means that you're searching your Bibles. Good, good, good. Second Timothy is hard to find. It's after First Timothy. Okay, but once you find First Timothy, you got it. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to 21. Amen. You're there? Okay. If you're there, we're going to read. And... Uh, in the XTV, you help me flash it up. But uh, don't worry, I, I have it. It says here, Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of earth and wood, some to honour, some to dishonour. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, the Bible says, if anyone, doesn't matter your background, if anyone, doesn't matter your gender, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honour sanctified and useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So God is saying that, look, I'm looking for vessels. You know, God is, is, is God gave me this example. Nowadays, you know, uh, there are so many hipster coffee places, you know. Gone are the days where you could just walk in and go like, just coffee please. Now they ask you like, what coffee do you want? Ristretto, macchiato, Alfredo, no, Alfredo's not. Alfredo's a sauce. You know, uh, you know and, and you know, flat white latte, cappuccino, Americano, and, and you just say, I don't know. And, and so, you know, <laughs> um, you know but, but there are places that now serve coffee in like mugs, uh, coffee in glass, uh, coffee in uh, clay, uh, uh, mugs, and when they serve it, you know, it comes in a cheese board. You know what I'm saying? You know, there are some places that the coffee is served in a beaker. You know, a beaker. You know, and, and there's even some places that the, cof the coffee is served in, uh, you know, it's a, they call it a decanter. Basically something that oxidizes wine. Uh, you know, oh, wow, coffee also needs to be oxidized. And, and, but hey, as long as it's good coffee, you enjoy it, right? I mean, just even if you're not a coffee drinker, just say amen. Okay, okay, cool. And so, this is similar. God is saying that, look, I, I don't care what shape or size you come from. I don't care whether you're tall 
or thin. I don't care whether you're educated, not educated. I don't care which part of the world you come from. I don't care whether your family is broken or whole, whether you're orphan or, or the only son. I don't care about all this. I care about purity. In the same way, you can serve me in any fancy thing. You can go like, oh, you know, this coffee is best enjoyed in this special 5,000-year-old crystal glass. I'll be like, wow, I didn't know they made crystal glasses 5,000 years ago, but okay, I'll believe you, as long as it's clean. You can say, this is the most expensive glass in the shop house, but somebody spat inside, and then we pour coffee over, so sorry about that. I'll be like, get thee away from me, Satan. You know, purity. You know what I'm saying? Right? People can come before you and go. And, and, and nowadays, it's not just even oh, coffee. It's even the food that we eat. Right? Whether they serve it on a plate, a bowl, a board, a banana leaf, as long as it's clean. Otherwise, get it away from me. And so God is saying, I'm looking for vessels and I don't care whether you are a work in progress. You can be a cracked vessel, but you got to be clean on the inside. You know, you can be a small vessel, but you're going to be clean on the inside. You can be a big vessel, tall vessel, skinny vessel, round vessel, flat vessel. Doesn't matter as long as you purify yourself, you are able to be used by me for every good work. And so how do we become good vessels? Number one, purity. Let's not forget that the God we serve, He's holy. God is not some system to fit our lifestyle, our lifestyle needs to change to fit Him. And we need to come back to that place of purity again. We got to ask ourselves, in my life, God, am I pure before you? I know you sanctify me, but, but sometimes we can still get ourselves dirty again. God, you're going to deliver me from this addiction. God, you're going to deliver me from this habit. Of course, when we talk about purity, naturally people think of sexual purity. And that's one form of purity that pleases God. You know, let, let no, those of us who are dating here, you know, let there be purity in the way you handle that relationship. Honour the, the, the person you're dating. Do not stumble that person or cause that person to stumble. You know, but, but sexual purity is only the tip of the iceberg. What about purity of heart? Last week, we read that the Beatitudes mentioned, blessed are those who are pure in heart. So, what do you mean by purity in heart? Is there unforgiveness in you? Is there hatred in you? Is there prejudice in you? Isn't it ironic that Christians, we who have been forgiven so much, are the people who find it hardest to forgive other people? Ooh, ouch. We need to change that. Because that's, that's why God's power can't flow through us. Because there's unforgiveness. There's, 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 there's anger. There's resentment. There's, there's no purity. What about purity of speech? Do you know that actually all of us here are bilingual? One language in front of God, one language for ourselves. And maybe that's something, you know, and I hope that that's not the case. One language in church, one language for work. You know, in church when people go like, hey, you know, can you, oh, yes, 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 thank you, brother. You know, at work, you know, what is this? What the, you know, fill in the blank. Don't fill in the blank. You're pure, pure, pure. <laughs> you know, what about our speech? What about our thoughts? You know, sometimes you come to church and people think, oh, the pastor's being old-fashioned. Say you shouldn't watch certain movies, shouldn't watch certain films. And the reason why is sometimes we are concerned with the content. You know, some people ask me, oh, pastor, you know, and I go, well, I, actually, I, I don't like watching horror movies. You know, oh, why, pastor, horror movie, I love it, you know. I'll be, okay. But why do you want to watch something that is constantly 
maximizing and enlarging the power of darkness and the power of enemy and, and, and minimizing the light of God. Uh, purity of mind. Some of us go, oh, pastor, no, that show is very hip. I go like, yeah, but, but that very hip and happening show that all your friends are talking about that will be premiering its new season soon also has a lot of nudity. But pastor, the story, I don't care about the nudity, but God cares about the nudity. It's not about you. Purity is about God. It's not about your standard. It's about God's standard. Do not, do not go like, you know, oh, God, you can fit into me. No, no, you fit into God. And that's why sometimes I feel that the world is, is, is burning in chaos and, and, and the church is not responding. We want to respond, but there's no power in our response. Do you know sometimes I, we don't need to argue, if, if only we can be good vessels and hold so much of God's power, do you know it's so, that there'll be no need to debate with your friends. God's not real. Oh, really? Can I, can I perform some miracles for you? And I, I pray that we will come back to that place again. God, make me pure. I pray that this will be part of our new vocabulary every day. When you pray, not just doing the 21 days of prayer and fast, but every day you'll be like, God, search my heart. Make my heart pure. You know, let's not just sing songs. Oh, give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let's mean it. And let's search our lives. You know, let's, let's search and say, oh, is there, I need to change the way I think. I need to change my language. I need to change my heart. God, help me to forgive those who have hurt me. Doesn't matter whose fault. Doesn't matter who fired the first shot. God, help me to be the first to forgive. Second point, power. Power. To be a good vessel, you not only need to be clean, but you also need to be filled. Right? Otherwise, you can't pull out. You know, we're having street feeding this week, you know, and uh, this is something that we do as a church. Instead of celebrating Good Friday as a service, we thought, let's go out there and minister to those who are less fortunate than us. But the worst thing you can do is give out an empty container. So please don't do that. Okay, please don't go like, here, God bless you, recycle. No! How do you feed the poor? How do you feed the hungry? Give them something to eat. Don't give them an empty container. Are Christians walking around being empty containers? Or are we filled with God's power? Right? You know, let me, let me ask you this. When was the last time we prayed for God's power? I had to check myself this. We pray for God's, a lot of other peace. We pray for God's protection. We pray for God's provision. We pray for God to confirm whether that is the right person to date or to marry. But when was the last time you go, God, give me your power? I had to check myself and go like, oh, ouch God. Let's go to some scripture. Amen? In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, I want you to know that this is not just your pastor, uh, you know, making people feel uncomfortable. This is the Word of God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and then we're going to read verse 4, and then we're going to go to verse 8. This is actually a command from Jesus. It says this, in, in, thanks XTV, and being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. What is the promise of the Father? The power of the Holy Spirit. Confirmed in verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Power 
was the first thing that Jesus asked the church to pray for. And it's the thing that we pray the last. You know, so many times, you know, and, and I could check myself. Sometimes even church could go, God, give us provisions so that your church can grow. God, give us people so that your church can grow. God, give us... Actually, Jesus says, no, 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 power. Power comes first. Don't leave without my power. There used to be a catchphrase many years ago. This credit card called American Express, it says, don't leave home without it. I know as I'm saying that, a lot of you are going, what is that, Pastor? The only American Express we know are shops that says that do not use American Express here. <laughs> but it's big in America. Anyway, times have changed. And so, you know, don't leave house without, but Jesus is saying that, no, no, forget American Express, forget your credit card. Not too long ago at homes, we did this little exercise. What would you turn back to go home for? Some would say, our phones. Some would say, our key. And then some very smart person say, but if you forgot your key, how do you go back to get the key? I'd be like, wow, paying attention to this person. Some, some people say headphones because, you know, you commute to the city to work and so you need some headphones, you know, to listen to X-Church podcasts. And, uh, <laughs> but God says, don't leave without power. We got, we got to check ourselves and God, fill me with your power. But God can only fill you with power if you are a vessel of purity. Uh, do you see the sequence? Sometimes you go, God, give me your power. And God says, yeah, yeah, but I need to use pure people. Pure, how can you, no, the Bible says this, how can you speak blessing and curse? How can you go like, no, my prayers are not work, working. I don't think it's an issue with God. It's an issue with your tongue. Could it be that the same tongue you've also used for cursing, you're going to repent from that? Ask God, God, fill me with power. Amen? And, and, and you know, so how do we live? How do we live this out? You know, I, I want to see us as a church moving in power, praying for the sick. The next time your colleague asks you, oh, I'm not feeling well, instead of going like, oh, poor thing. There, there. We can actually go like, oh, is it? Which elbow? This elbow? And then actually touch it. Do you know sometimes Jesus healed without saying? Someone's within it. Oh, no, how to? You know, do I do it? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Do I need to speak in tongues first? And then if all these things make you afraid to pray for people in office. But do you know that when you become a good vessel, do you know that people touch Jesus and they got healed? People can get healed by sharing the same bus as you. Think about that. If it, if it happened before, why can't it happen again? I mean, we are called Christians, right? Christians means little Christ, mini versions of Christ. If my Christ can heal, we should at least be able to mini heal. Right. If, 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 if Jesus can, 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 can cast out demons, the least we could do is cast out figurative demons, symbolic demons, right? The, the, the emotions and all those kind of things that we say, oh, I'm wrestling with some demons, you know? Hopefully they're not literally talking about wrestling with some demons, but the least, that's the least we could do. If Jesus can feed 5,000, I should at least be able to feed five. And yet, where's the power? Where's the power? And I had to repent when, when God challenged me this. And God says, this is why I want you to teach the church. Start with yourself. So God gave me this cute example. The next time you're sick, the next time you have a headache, would you cry out to God for His power first before you take Panadol or Paracetamol, whichever brand you prefer. 
right? And God is saying that, you know, I love it. God is so practical. Can you imagine if Justin is sick, right? And he says, oh, Pastor, I've got the flu. And I go like, oh, okay, okay, perfect opportunity. You no, know, I need to be a pastor that, that, that practices what he preached. So, come on, Justin, stand up. I'm going to pray for you. In Jesus' name, power. And then, and then Justin, and I ask Justin, Justin, anything? Uh, nothing. Okay, okay. In Jesus' name, power. Can you imagine if I did it 50 times? It would be so awkward between me and Justin. <laughs> you know, true story, I had a friend who uh, went out for altar call one time, and the pastor was praying for him. And uh, sometimes you see when people pray, get prayed for, they get slain. Uh, and I saw my friend instantly see slain. I'll be like, oh, wow, the presence of God must be so strong. He said, no, the, the, the preacher spits when he prays. <laughs> and so I just had to take myself out, you know, otherwise. Uh... And so it would get awkward. But if you, but no, and it would get awkward between me and Justin, you know. And by the 50th time, Justin might be tempted to lie so that we can end this conversation going, uh, yeah, pastor, no more pain. <laughs> you know? But if you start with yourself, do you know if you pray for yourself 50 times, you won't get embarrassed? Yeah. Right? Oh, not healed again? Healed in Jesus' name. Still painful? Healed in Jesus' name. Oh, still, still, no, my knee still hurts? Okay, be healed in Jesus' name. Do you know you can do it again and again and again and your body will not run away from you? Yeah. Stop it, stop it. It's, it's, no, it's you! But you've got to have the hunger to keep on trying. Because I also know that the Holy Spirit is cheeky enough to let your breakthrough be on the 51st time you pray. Which means that He's got to break you down the first 50 times. To the point where you go like, oh God, you got to come true for me. And God says, that's what I'm waiting for. Prayer number 51. Poof, healed. And then you go like, ah, I can do it. And that gives you confidence to try the next thing. Confidence now. Oh, now that I can, I'll do it again. And from praying 51 times to now 20 times, then from 20 times to 5 times, and 5 times to twice, and then twice to 1, and then once you nailed it, you can go like, now I can pray for people next to me. So let me pray for the people closest to me, people who will not judge me, people in church. It's prayer time in the house of God. Turn to your neighbour and pray. All right, man. This is not awkward chit-chat time. This is power hour. Amen? So God is saying, come on, be pure so that I can fill you with my power, but you must also hunger to have my power. Will we be a church that hungers for God's power? I pray that we will. Point number three is this, purpose. Purpose. Now that you've been filled, you need to understand that you're filled to be poured out. The problem with Christianity sometimes is that we are overweight. A lot of good feeding but we never exercise that faith. So we just sit in our roles being very fat, full of knowledge, full of sermons, yet the world outside is dying and broken and burning. If only we can share a little bit. I guarantee you, as you begin to share what has been deposited in you, it will create hunger. Do you know how you get hungry? When you use up whatever you've eaten, when it's been digested, when it's been burnt up, in calories, through exercise. So our purpose is to exercise. And the problem with purpose is this, many of us choose not to. The scripture we read earlier on, in, in, the, in, in the Father's house, there are many vessels 
for gold, for silver, for wood, for earth. And he realized that God, God's not saying that the gold is better than the earth because each to its own. But it says that some vessels choose honour, some vessels choose dishonour. The primary purpose many times is that we either think it's none of our business and that's not true. Let's turn to some scripture and i tell you why when it comes to purpose, we don't have a choice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says this, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Sometimes you forget that. Do you know your, your body is not for you? Do you know your body is not for your own enjoyment? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But it goes on to say, who is in you, whom you have received from God, and you are not your own. It doesn't belong to you. Can you give a library book as a birthday present to a friend? You can't. Because you don't own it. But once you own it, you can give it. And so God is saying that I, I own you. So if I ask that you be poured out, you need to be poured out in obedience to the Master, in obedience to the Father who gave us the temple, who gave us the Holy Spirit. In other words, God is saying that I, I own both the vessel and the content. Now go and be poured out. Other thing about purpose that if we either think that it's got nothing to do with me or we think that, no, my, but my purpose, no, I don't see how what you're preaching, pastor, could fit into my purpose in life. And the problem with that is that we have too small a vision for our purpose. Someone's think that, oh, I'm just a lawyer. You know, so you know, all these kind of things. No, I don't think it will fly in the courts. No, I'm just an engineer. I'm just an accountant. I'm just, no, this, I'm just that. Let's go to some scripture and let me show you the difference between how we look at purpose and how God looks at purpose. One last scripture. Can you handle that? Acts chapter 13, verse 36. Acts 13, verse 36. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. Basically, David, after he served his generation, he died and his body decayed. But let's focus on the word, serve his own generation. Let me ask you this. When you think of David, the biblical King David, you immediately think, oh, he's king. But God didn't see him as king. God saw him as someone who served his generation. Sometimes you think, I'm just a lawyer. God says, you're not just a lawyer. You need to serve your generation. Oh, I'm just an accountant. You're not just an accountant. I'm just a mother. You're not just a mother. You're here to serve your generation. And that's why God brought David through such a journey. Was David just a king? He was king. But he was also a musician. Why? Because he served his generation when he began to see that, wow, my purpose is to serve my generation and not just be king, God began to use him. 
And that's why even compared to other kings, you can ask anyone in the street, oh, David, oh yeah, he's a biblical king. Solomon, he's a biblical king. But God says, David, he served his generation. And that's why he was different than other kings. You talk to any, you know, uh, Italian person would be like, oh, the Roman Empire, Julius Caesar, great conqueror. You know, conquered half of the world and conquered the heart of Cleopatra. Maybe, not sure. History books are still out on that. You speak to any Greek and they tell you the greatest is still Alexander. Alexander the Great. But David, what was he known for? Oh, so many things. He was known to be king. He was known to be freedom fighter. He was known as the boy who killed the giant. He was known as musician who wrote so many songs. How many songs have Julius Caesar wrote? None. How many songs have Alexander the Great wrote? None. You see how God says, that? no, you're king, but your role is not just to be a king. Your role is to serve your generation. So write songs because you have songs in you. King David prepared the resources, bought the land for the temple of Solomon to be built. He couldn't build it, but he prepared all of that so that his son could build. So he, 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 he was a fundraiser. He was a property buyer. He knew how to invest in property. He wasn't just a king. What am I trying to say? You're not just a student. You're not just... Next time when you get married, don't say, oh, I'm just a housewife. My job is to take care of three kids now. No. Take care of three kids and then serve your generation. David was king and served his generation. Amen. David, the king who danced like a madman to please God. For what? To serve his generation, to show an entire generation that this is how you praise God. And that's why now Jesus said that what? When I come back, I will restore the tabernacle of David. What does it mean? I will restore the, 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 the Davidic way of worship through song, through singing, through creative means, through dancing. Why? Because he served his generation. Will we serve our generation? Amen? I pray that we would, we would ask God, God, help me to be more. Help me to have a bigger vision for my purpose. Don't get me wrong. Be the best you can be. Be the best lawyer. Be the best accountant. Be the best mom. Be the best dad. Be the best entrepreneur. Be the best businessman. Be the best fashion designer. Be the best. Some of you might be called to be missionaries. Be the best missionary. Be the best pastor. Be even better than your pastor. But serve your generation. Because that is what God has called us to do. And that's the criteria to be a good vessel. The thing is this, God won't give to someone who He knows is not interested to give. Does that make sense? God will give to someone that He knows He can give through. We heard that said many times before. But it's going to start right now. What, how, don't just say, okay, okay, pastor, I get it. So I will achieve my dream first and then once I'm successful, I'll think of what I can do for the house of God. And sadly, that's, that's the way too many people have lived. Pastor, let me make my millions first, then I will tithe. God is saying, tithe first, then you'll make your millions. 
Oh, oh, let me, let me, you know, uh, go to, you know, a seminary first. Then only I will uh, plant your church. No, get involved in church planting. Then he will give you all the seminar training. Direct download from heaven. Do you see how God's methods are opposite than man's method? See, a good vessel is a vessel that's willing to be poured out. I pray that we'll be good vessels today. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you help us, Lord, to live out your purposes here today. God, you desire your church to be your embassy here on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. There's power in heaven. Let there be power on earth in your church, through your people. God, I know the days of miracle have not ended. But maybe what's lacking are vessels that you can use. God, I pray that you will make our church your vessels. I pray that all of us will endeavour to be good vessels. God, right now, help us to repent from our selfish ways, God. God, help us not just to live for ourselves, but help us to live for your purpose. And your purpose is not just for us to have a successful career, for us to be rich, but it's for us to serve. Lord, the people around us serve. I like it when Justin was praying just now. He said, sometimes when you think of missions, you think of the Amazon. Do you know that missions is just next to you? Missions is your cosmic who doesn't know Jesus. Missions is that colleague who doesn't know Jesus. Missions is your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus. Missions is your housemate that doesn't know Jesus. You don't need to go to Timbuktu. You just need to go next door. So God help us, Lord. Repent, Lord. We want to be good vessels. Help us to live for your purpose. God, make this part of our daily vocabulary now to cry out to you for power. God, help us not just to be self-centered, praying for provision, praying for protection, praying for a partner, but God, help us to pray for power. God, on earth as it is in heaven, your power, your power, let there be power, let there be power in my counselling, let there be power in my prayer. Let there be power in my laying of hands. Let there be power in the letters I write. Let there be power, Lord. But all this cannot be possible if we do not come before God and desire to be pure. Lord Jesus, help us as the world is more and more fallen. Help us to rise up a higher standard for you. Your word says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you will raise up a standard against it. Help us to be people who live according to that standard. Help us to be people who raise the standard, not lower the standard. Because God, you again, purpose, you've placed us here in this nation for such a time as this. We might not know much, but Lord, help us to share all that we've experienced. Because experience is more 
powerful than knowledge. So God, help us, Lord, to be an ambassador of the heavenly experience so that everyone that we come across can taste and see and know that you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.